Welcome to the Law of Love podcast for everyday alchemy. My name is Andrea Alejandre, your spiritual bestie and mystic next door. My intention with this podcast is to have a safe space to discuss and ponder our human reality, diving into shamanism, spirituality, personal development, energetics, mindset, money, magic, and so much more. Make sure to join me every week for a journey into consciousness and expansion. and welcome back to another episode of the law of love as always this is your girl andrea alejandre and i have a super fun exciting juicy delicious guest with us her name is samantha and she is absolutely exquisite i just cannot tell you enough i am going to share just the slightest backstory before i let her introduce herself when i first met samantha i was like oh my gosh i have a massive crush on this person she is just so lit up and excited by life and when she shows up even in any space in any capacity you can't help but notice and you can't help but listen so of course I wanted to share this incredible human with you guys everyone should get a piece of Sam so Sam welcome to the podcast how are you mama oh I'm so good thank you so much for having me I'm excited to drop in with you today and I just I love the introduction it's so sweet I feel humbled to be me, honestly. I know that my presence is felt and it is amazing to really be a conduit for spirit, to have uh, powerful words and oracular messages flowing through me at almost all times. So I'm excited to get into whatever you want to speak about today. Yes. Oh, I love that conduit for spirit. I think that you are one of the most embodied people that I have met where even in the moments where you're like, I, you posted this on Instagram the other day, you said, I don't always feel like I'm on top of my game, but the moments where I am on top of my game, I'm fucking on top of my game. Like I'm the best, I'm the coolest, I'm the shit. And, and you are, and you exude that. Before we move forward though, I never really fully introduce my guests because I suck at it. I'm just like, <laughs> not my strength. So can you introduce yourself? What is it that other than just glowing and embodying, what do you do? What's your jam? What's your goodness? First and foremost, I'm a revolutionary. I came here to speak revolution. I came here to embody revolution. I came here to trailblaze. So that shows up in different ways. I teach yoga. I teach journaling. I curate and hold women's spaces, women's retreats, programs, containers. Really, I like to curate experiences for people to experience their most liberated, authentic self. I'm a big proponent for authentic leadership, authentic belonging. I am a big proponent for sexual expression and truth speaking. And that can show up in a modality of ways. So I wear a bunch of different hats, but at the root of it, sovereignty, authenticity, leadership, confidence, vulnerability, the things that really make us human and make us humans who are going to save this new earth. I want I want to unravel and pull out a few threads. So first of all, what led you to this path? How did you get here? And how do you walk and exist and embody this amazing soul? Like you, you are so clearly tapped in and connected to your highest self and she feels so present mm -hmm. at all moments. So how do you how do you keep that going? Because sometimes it can feel unsustainable and sometimes it can feel rough. And sometimes, you know, as a revolutionary, you're like, you're out there, you're exposed. 
So can you share a little bit more on that and how just your just your journey? I feel so exposed most of the time and it feels daunting plenty of the time. I honestly, as I was like going through an emotional moment yesterday and as I was crying and really asking myself, like, why can't it just be easier to like wake up and just be happy? Like, why do I feel the weight of the world sometimes? And it's like, because I came here for more than the average person. And I really, I was feeling like as I was moving through the emotional process, I was like, this is the revolution. Every time that I am going through my emotional process and truly feeling my feelings and coming out the other side, and no one, not not anyone knows necessarily that I'm doing this. Like, this is just me in my home before I like go out into the world. But I'm like, I literally feel like the revolution just happened as I sat, felt, witnessed, observed, alchemized, devoured my own feelings and let it be something brand new. So I'd say that's how I stay being me is like, it's, it's just death and rebirth almost every few days. Like, there's no avoiding it and the willingness to feel it, the willingness to journal about it, the willingness to move my body about it and believing in myself. And so rinse, repeat. But I'd say that two of the main tools are goddess yoga and my multimedia journaling practice. Both of those give me so much support in transmuting what I'm feeling and letting me remember that everything passes and we always make it through and we can do hard things. Um, so that's a little bit to answer how do I how do I show up like this? But if you would you like me to answer how I found this path? That's a whole other answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that would be extremely expansive for people. Most of the listeners are on their awakening journey or somewhere along realizing that there's more. And I think it's really expansive to come ac- across someone who's further down in the evolutionary path and can turn around and say, hey, I've been where you are and this is how you get here. So if you can, whatever want, whatever wants to come through, whatever you want to share, I think would be extremely expensive. Oh, I, would, I would love to. I'll invite people listening to grab a pen and paper. I feel like many of the things that I say, some of them are my own, of course, and some of them are remixes on poems, books, quotes that I have found along the way that have been part of how I have gotten here today. I mean, I think a huge part of walking the path is finding teachers, mentors, authors, artists that really are spewing a message that resonates with you at a, at a level that's um, energetic, that you can feel like this is someone I want to follow. This is someone I believe in. This is someone who is exemplifying the human experience in a way that feels resonant to me. Not in a way that feels like guru-y to me, but in a way that feels like, yes, you're speaking my language on how to be human. And so I have taken notes for many years in my journal. So just the invitation for listeners to grab a pen and paper because things stick. And when we, when we go to the grocery store and we want to remember what we're going to buy, we write it down. So when we want to remember who we want to become, we write it down. Let's see. So how... Did I get here today? I mean, I would just really say the universe has got my back this life. Like there's been so many synchronicities to be here today. Um, a few in particular, a few of the synchronicities, one of them being I was in Peru for, for 2020. I was traveling in South America and by chance ended up at a specific yoga teacher training five days before the global lockdown. 
And so borders in Peru shut and I ended up spending seven months living in this high vibrational spiritual yoga Muay Thai community in the Sacred Valley of Peru, just a few hours from Machu Picchu. So that, and I, I had just gotten off birth control too. And so the, the combination of those two things was like, the universe had made it very clear of like, Sammy, pay attention, things are shifting. The way you've been living your life, we're going to kind of remix this. Because I had been commercial fishing in the summers in Alaska and then traveling mostly internationally uh, the other eight months of the year, which was dope. And I wasn't contributing a whole lot to humanity. I still was absolutely showing up in many moments, listening to people, providing childlike wonder and curiosity. And in many moments that felt like enough, like that felt like my gift to the world of just being present, reminding people that they matter and being like a little, a little earth fairy kind of traveling around. And then when I got quarantined in Peru, it was like God spoke and it was a clear message of we need you to be more of a team player right now. Shit's getting crazy here on earth and like time to sharpen your sword of servitude. Like let's get serious. Um, so yeah, being in Peru with a spiritual community shifted my understanding of the world as I knew it and shifted who I was because I was hanging out with new people and you know, we're most like the five people we surround ourselves with. And so to go from, you know, people I knew in college to plant medicine women and Muay Thai coaches and Colombian chefs and sound healers, all of a sudden I was becoming much deeper uh, and much wider. So I ended up falling in love in Peru with a guy also named Sam. And even though I knew that like my focus was my service. I kind of got lost in the romance sauce as we do sometimes. And uh, we had such a beautiful chapter together. And we left Peru together in on 9-11, actually, which was kind of wild to fly on that date and return to the States. But long story short, like I tried to move to his hometown of Hood River, Oregon. And it just was so clear that it was not my time to focus on relationship. And I fought it and I fought it. And I was being so reactive to Sam, but I didn't want to leave. And everything was like building and building. And I remember I called my therapist from college and told her what was going on and how I met this guy. And I was so in love, but I was feeling crazy. And she said words to me that I will never forget. She said, honey, you're not on your timeline. And that's okay. She said, woman to woman, I would not have been able to say this to you 100 years ago, maybe not even 30 years ago, but I'm going to say it to you now. Get back on that solo horse and ride it as far as you can, baby. Your journey is a celebration of womanhood. I was like, oh shit, that was really the permission slip I needed to like prioritize myself. So one of the synchronicities being ending up in the Sacred Valley for quarantine. The next synchronicity was as I was going through this breakup with Sam, I reached out to my friend Jonathan, who I'd also met in Peru. And I was like, homie, I'm going through a breakup. I feel so lost right now. Like, what's up? What are you doing? And he was like, you know, I've never been to Sedona, Arizona, but I'm just feeling the call to go there and work on my writing for the first few months of 2021. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I've also never been to Sedona. Can I come? And we both wrote in our journals, calling in this or something better, a two-bedroom home opening up in West Sedona in January. And the next day on Craigslist, he found a three-bedroom home open for seven weeks starting January 4th. And I met him. I flew into Flagstaff on January 4th. I left Sam behind in Hood River, like heartbreakingly 
So, I mean, we just, we had a 26 hour breakup ceremony. It was like so painful, but so true. Like I had to keep going on my own path. And yeah, I mean, Sedona opened up so many synchronicities for me. I, within a, within a few weeks of being in Sedona, I was birthing a multimedia journaling business. I had found a woman's community and all that, like these, these pieces, it was like momentum, like a snowball going downhill. It was just like, was getting bigger and bigger. And so by the time I was, I found goddess yoga about three weeks into my Sedona stay. And I was in a room full of women, honestly speaking their truth and then moving their body in sensual ways, which I had never done before. I thought to myself, I can't leave. Like, this is what I've been looking for. I didn't even know that people were doing this. So yeah, that, those are a couple of the synchronicities. And you know, what's so funny is Jonathan played, like he has been this like cosmic sibling. He is the reason I went to the yoga teacher training. I met him at a coffee shop in Cusco a week before it started and just overheard him talking about it. And so he's why I signed up for it. He's also why I moved to Sedona. He's also why I found goddess yoga. He wanted to go to goddess yoga to tap more into his feminine. And one of the classes didn't specify women only. And so I went with him and Holly meets us at the door and says, oh, I'm so sorry. It's women only. And I turned to him. I'm like, oh, I'll leave with you. She looks me dead in the eye. She's like, honey, you're staying. You know, goddess yoga has been now one of the biggest things in my life. I'm one of the master trainers. I co-facilitate the trainings. I teach weekly. It's one of the highlights of my life to hold space for women's sexual liberation and sensual sovereignty. And, you know, I just, I couldn't have written it this good. It's like such a reminder that Grandmaster Storyteller is weaving a reality for us far better than we could ever imagine. So please, everyone leave room for something wonderful and pay attention to your intuition and the synchronicities. Wow. Such a good synchronistic, like back to back, one thing after another. Also, anyone and everyone who listens to this podcast has heard me complain about how hard it is to get a place to live in Sedona, Arizona. So the fact that you guys found something literally the next day is so meant to be and so incredible. It really was. And I mean, it continues to be that way, my dance with Sedona. I wanted you to, if you, if you're open to it, can you dive more into sexual liberation and sensual sovereignty? Because I feel like as a revolutionary, which you are, you exude confidence in your body and in showing your sensual feminine body, not in a I'm attracting sexual energy type of way, but more I stand in and this is who I am. And I and I see you as such a beautiful goddess all the time, regardless of what you're wearing, regardless of what space you're in, you sit in this in this space where it really is so inspiring to other women, especially myself and people who have maybe felt like we can't show up and, and be sensual and be exotic and be feminine. Quite frankly, it's, it's like there's been a war on the feminine and you're bringing this up in such a beautiful but powerful way. So if you have anything that you'd like to dive in on that, that's like, please bring it all. That feels so present for me. Mm, I love that invitation. Yeah, I mean, I almost surprise myself these days with how authentic it feels to show up edgy. So when I started this off and I said I'm a conduit for spirit, like that feels first and foremost the reason why I am so sexually expressed and embodied. I feel like 
for someone who doesn't know me, viewing me from the outside and viewing maybe my Instagram page or just hearing what I speak, there could be judgment of like, you're so in your ego, this is too raunchy, you want attention. And I swear to God, this is how God wants to flow through me. This is how God is asking me to show up. Like everything that, I mean, for the most part, I have an ego too, don't we all? And you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I have moments, but I swear the, the messages that I am being given is like show up and hold a torch for raunchy, profane, taboo, dark, primal, wild expression. Like give a voice and a permission slip to the taboo, the things that have been deemed inappropriate and too much and not ladylike and bad. And so I feel like there's this whole reclamation happening right now. And it's beyond just feminism. Like I studied feminist and gender studies in college and that was eye-opening at the time. And there's just so much more. It goes so much deeper because it's so soul oriented. It's so on the individual. You can't like, we can blanket statement some things of like, yes, women have been repressed and like women are taught to be good girls. And like the wild woman doesn't have a place in society. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. And it it becomes so individual. I feel like when we start doing this work, asking ourselves like, what is my full sexual expression? Or like, how does my wild woman want to show up? Or like, what does eroticism feel like to me? You know, this is such a personal question. So we all have to go on our own journey. And there are more and more spaces now where we can explore these things. A goddess yoga class, for example, a woman's retreat, an online two-hour workshop. I mean, there's all these there's all these things that are like popping up in the vortex. If you start searching them out, you can find containers where there are safe places to be in your erotic innocence. Because here's the thing, we are like human animal body beings and we are born curious about our sexuality. Like as kids, we're all curious about the holes we have in our bodies and the tingling feelings that we can get. And more often than not, we are shamed for discovering these things. And so these stories and this shame is put on top of our inherent and innate erotic innocence, but it's always there. Erotic innocence is shamed from a young age and it takes finding places where we are safe to explore it, to really start to unravel it again as an adult. And this is a never ending journey. I mean, I really, I've been on this path for a few years and really in the last two years since landing in Sedona, but there's just so much, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper every time that you show up and look at it. It's like, there's so many layers. We're, we're so like onions in this way of like, oh, I'm looking at this story of like, oh, I was told to be a good girl and good girls don't show their cleavage in public, whatever the story is, that's just the next layer. And then under it is the next realization and the next story and the next desire. And so, you know, it, we have to turn it into this like fun game and not make it this work of like, oh God, I'm so ridden with shame and I'm so repressed and like, oh, it's going to be so much work to be sexually liberated. I mean, that could, that might be true, but like whatever story we're telling is the story that we're going to experience. So my invitation is to kind of flip the script and ask my, ask ourselves, like, who am I? How do I want to show up? Like, what's my truth? Mom, dad aside, religion aside, societal stories aside, 
what feels good for me? What do I want to wear? How do I want to express? Who is my sensual maiden and who's my wild woman? Do I resonate with the vixen or the holy horror, the sacred slut? Do I want to get into Tantra? Do I want to explore energetic practices? There's all these like fun questions where, you know, we can start dipping our toes into, yeah, into spaces that may be deemed naughty. And I mean, I'm just a huge proponent for the taboo, obviously. I just recently changed my Instagram handle to the Profane Priestess from Sammy Soul Critter, which was a big leap energetically. And when a friend asked me, what does the Profane Priestess mean to you? I said, it means embodying the dark, the primal, the raunchy in the name of service for women's liberation. Because I know women are hungry for this. I know I may trigger some, but I inspire way more. And either way, triggering and inspiring is just activation. It's a gift no matter what it is. Because it's just, it's, yeah, when I'm triggered or inspired, the invitation is what inside me wants to get looked at. You're definitely, I think you walk the line between both. And even for myself, just being completely honest and clear, I've been triggered where I'm like, oh, wow, she's showing up so freely and so liberated and so open. I see that. I want that. But there's a piece of me internally that's like, she can't do that. That's not okay. That shouldn't happen. And I'm, again, years into my fucking awakening and I'm still having these things. You've really inspired me to bring pleasure into this discovery and making it a game because I don't remember where I heard you say this. It might, might've been your stories. You guys, if you're not following Sam on Instagram, you got to follow Sam. All of her content is so juicy. So good. It's like a podcast every time profane priestess on Instagram. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but one of your stories, you were talking about finding pleasure in the hard stuff, like making the hard stuff fun. And you brought it up again now where you're like, it can be kind of like a game where, oh, this is this is coming up. This is new. How can I push my boundaries? How can I touch that line and tiptoe that line? Maybe not jumping over it if you're not ready yet. I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper into some of the archetypes that you named. My personal favorite was the holy whore. <laughs> So who is she? What does she do? What does she want? And then some of the some of the other ones, because these things aren't talked about. I didn't know that I had permission to be a holy whore. I didn't know that I could be profane and also extremely in alignment. I didn't realize back in the day, right? I didn't realize that, yes, I can say cuss words and also be holy. I didn't, I didn't realize that I could explore my sensuality and show up and be loud and be raunchy and be all of this. And that was what actually, in fact, was keeping me in alignment. So if you don't mind, could you dive in a little deeper with those? And really, this feels like such a big permission slip to talk so freely. And the way you talk about this is so helpful. So whatever wants to come through. Mm. Yes. Well, I'll just say duality, I feel like, is the only guarantee in life. So may we all dive more into exploring two, two opposites being true <clears throat> at once. And so, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm so passionate about like the duality, like bad girls being the best girls mm. that you can be, you can be like a holy horror and an amazing mother that you can like love cock worshiping and making banana bread for your kids. Like you do not have to separate yourself and be one or the other. I was just reading a post. I will dive into these archetypes in one sec, but I was just reading this post from someone I follow where she says, you know, there's been two types of women that society has spoken about the one that you'd wife and the one that you'd fuck. Oh, the one. 
so and it's like holy shit there is so much there of like oh this one is like sexually enticing and she's like expressed and she's sexy and she's hot and I'd want to like take her home but like I, I couldn't make a wife out of her mm -hmm. the one I would make a wife out of shows up in this way or this way or this way and it's 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 stories and they're not true you can be both so let's see the archetypes the holy the holy horror I feel like the holy horror is just in pleasure and loving her life all the time the holy whore does not necessarily have to be having sex all the time or even per being promiscuous but the whore archetype of like satiated and claiming her desires and so whether it's like waking up in the morning and how you sip your hot liquid like you can drink your coffee or your tea in a way that embodies the holy whore that you're just like giving yourself permission to enjoy and to have life be juicy and what's so interesting is that the virgin archetype like we've learned that you lose your virginity when you have sex but the true definition of the word virgin is actually a woman who is onto herself only. So a woman who is putting her needs first. So we don't actually lose our virginity by having sex. We lose our virginity, quote unquote, by showing up in a relationship and serving someone else only and forgetting about our own needs. So the virgin is actually reclaiming our life for ourselves. That means if you want to have sex, have sex. If it's for you, that's amazing. You're still a virgin. Whatever you want to do, like do it for you. And so I feel like the virgin actually plays into the holy whore, which is so paradoxical because we have learned that the virgin is one thing and a whore is something completely different. But there really is this reclamation of like, I'm a virgin if I am loyal to myself first. And the holy whore is definitely putting herself first. I mean, she has no issue claiming her desires. She does no issue using profane language. You know, she's not necessarily saying yoni or she, I mean, maybe if that's her choice, but she's not afraid to say pussy. She's not afraid to say cock. Like there are words that start coming out. She dresses how she wants. She might have an altar with like raunchy photos of her. She's just like, she's unapologetic in her expression, raunchy and yeah, asking for what she wants, claiming it. The holy horror. Yeah. Sacred slut, holy horror, vixen. Those are all like in their those are all kind of the same for me, sex priestess. So you can kind of pick your flavor of that archetype. And then I'll move back to the sensual maiden. So she is, she's like our inner little girl. She's the innocent one. She's joyful. She's playful. She loves being the center of attention. Like when you were a child and people be like, oh my God, you're so cute. That dress is so pretty. Like our sensual maiden loves being in the spotlight. She loves compliments. She just wants to enjoy and like be in pleasure but not necessarily in a sexual way just like I want to frolic in fields and I want to like eat the foods I want and I want to like touch this soft rug like she's in, to in tune with her senses she's innocent and she's the one that's most connected to our inner little child what happens here is when we have shame or trauma that we have not looked at which most of us do and even if we have looked at it it's still semi there the shadow, one of the shadows of the sensual maiden is the damsel in distress. And the damsel in distress is waiting for a knight in shining armor or a daddy or a bad boy to save her and validate her. And so the invitation to any listener right now, just asking, you know, does that resonate with me? Is there any part of me that's wanting to be saved? 
when it comes to romantic relationship. And again, there's nothing wrong or bad. I like, I'm not going to polarize that one thing is good and one thing is bad, but with everything, we're always being given the invitation to meet ourselves at a deeper level and come more into wholeness. So there's nothing wrong with wanting a daddy or a bad boy or a knight in shining armor, but can you love yourself more? That's the more important question. And as we love ourselves more, seeing who we attract or who we're attracted to. So from the sensual maiden, the wild woman, the wild woman is like the protector of our sensual maiden. She is not afraid to bear claws, to bear teeth, to bear fangs. She will tell people, fuck you, get the fuck out. She does not care what people think. She doesn't even do people. Like she's in a cave on all fours, howling at the moon or catnapping in the sun. Like our wild woman is connected to all things primal and erotic and the interconnectedness of all living things. She is so connected to the heartbeat that is alive in the earth and in all animals, all creatures, all humans. The wild woman doesn't care if she leaves the house unshaved or if she didn't put deodorant on. Like she does not care about having her natural pheromones expressed. She is also unapologetic and audacious. And, you know, people have such a kink for the wild woman these days. If you want to like put on a workshop online, it's like unleash your wild woman. That shit's going to fill up. But the world is not necessarily ready for the actual embodiment of the wild woman because women in society have been so polite and we've been such people pleasers and we've been so repressed and the wild woman is none of that. She will, I mean, she will bite your neck in whatever way she decides to like, she's going to wear what she wants. She's going to say what she wants. She's okay to swear She's not here to people, please. She will kick you out of her home if you cross her boundaries. Yeah, and she's just like in tune with everything erotic because she is the wild and the wild is the erotic. And so she's savage, but she's soft. It's such a fun archetype. And, you know, it can be very edgy to work with her of to be like, Am I, I'm not going to shave this week. I'm not going to put on deodorant. I'm going to like leave the house, like not showered and just like radiate my own wild pheromones and just see what happens. And yeah, the wild woman is definitely the archetype that protects the sensual maiden. So if, if you need, if you are looking to hold your inner little girl more or to set more boundaries, call upon the wild woman and have it be a dance between these two, the sensual maiden and the wild woman of how does she want to show up? What are my boundaries? How can like I be innocent and be protected? How can my wild woman give me space and boundaries to protect my inner little girl, my sensual maiden, so that she has room to be in pleasure and be in ecstasy and be innocent? I would love for you to invite all of the, all of the women, but also, you know, the duality men too who listen What's your invitation? How do you how do you personally step into these roles? How did you start to step into these roles? And how can other people start to step into these roles? Because they are really edgy. It, it does feel really edgy to say, it's almost safer to be like, oh, I'm the sensual maiden when the reality is my soul wants to be the holy whore and she wants to show up as a wild woman. So what are some small steps and actionable steps, things that we can walk away with and start implementing today? Absolutely. Great question. I'd say the first one, I mean, for me, it, it was goddess yoga that introduced me to this recoming of age. And so 
I know one of our sisters, Kelly, is now teaching a weekly Zoom goddess yoga Wednesday nights. I will give you the details so that you can link that. But Kelly's amazing. Yeah, so goddess yoga is belly dance and hula inspired. It is hip circles. It's heart circles. It's sensual and slow. It's the way women's bodies were meant to move. And yoga is amazing too. I love yoga and it was created for teenage boys. And so there is a slight difference with intention in the practice. And I mean, you'll have to try it to see what I'm saying, but you'll, once you do, you'll understand like it is life-changing the moment that you start moving your body in a circular way because the heart and the hips are the places where we store the most emotion. And so the minute that we start bringing attention to this part of the body and giving ourselves permission to move in a safe space where there's no male gaze, there's no one watching us, it's just us practicing and moving for us, things really begin to shift from the inside out. Messages come up, memories come up, and it's if we're willing to stick with it, it can be so transformational. Goddess yoga was also a huge part of this journey for me because it starts with rituals like a share circle. And so to speak what was on my heart each week in front of women and to realize shame only survives in the closet. The minute I was willing to speak up about something, to own a desire, to retell a story, to talk about where I was feeling guilty, the minute I owned my truth, it all changed. Being honest is alchemy. So I would really say that's a first step I recommend so highly. And now that one of my dear friends is teaching a weekly Zoom class, it's so accessible. So goddess yoga for one. Starting a journal series journal series on a pleasure log, as opposed to a gratitude journal, which is also a fantastic practice, a pleasure log. What simple things brought me pleasure today? Or what simple things bring me pleasure? And then at the end of each day, just noting one or two things that that stuck out to you. Wow, as I bit into my tuna melt today and it was so warm and the bread was crunchy, I really, whatever, you know, whatever it is, but playing with the senses, playing with small things. It doesn't have to be super sexual, but just beginning of things that bring you pleasure. Because even for some people, pleasure is an edgy word. We have been so brainwashed to believe that it is not okay and it is taboo to experience pleasure. What the fuck is going on? I, I mean, I feel pretty lucky that I was raised Jewish because I was never really indoctrinated with my sexuality in the religious sense, but I know many people who were raised Catholic or Christian and yeah, homegirl at 12 o'clock right here. And it's like the church is full of lies. I'm so sorry for anyone listening that hasn't gotten to that point yet and that this is like triggering, but I feel like it was exactly intentional to say things like you cannot have sex before you're married and you cannot masturbate because there is evidence. There is literal, and I don't even want to say evidence, but like what is true is that having sex and experiencing emotional orgasmic experience is the quickest, one of the quickest ways to God realization and by telling the exact opposite story, we are being taken away from how we connect to God. And I mean, none of it seems random to me. I just feel like when I zoom out and look at it where I'm like, wow, 
having intimate experiences, especially when they're like emotional and heart centered, like sure, just fucking a random stranger, maybe not going to be like, give you that God realization. Honestly, still possible though. But when you have, when your heart's involved and your emotions are involved and you're choosing to like raise your energy through your chakras and experience this bliss state with someone that is literally experiencing heaven on earth. And it is quite interesting to me that the church is telling the exact opposite story and is having you come listen to some old white man be the middleman to God. I'm sorry, that seems wild to me. Like, no. <laughs> I love your passion about this. This could be another episode in and of itself, but I love that you're also very passionate about this because as I have transitioned out of the Catholic church, I used to be a really good Catholic girl. And as I have tra- transitioned out, I'm the biggest like, like, this is all bullshit. It's all lies. They're like keeping us down. They flipped all of it in its on its head. Like um, I practice shamanism and I, and I work deeply with the shamanic path and it, it, the Catholic church, the Christian church, a lot of these churches have taken all of these amazing principles that were correct and flipped them on this head. And so we went from a matriarchy and a community that worships the feminine as much as the masculine and worships this creation power, this sensual power, this, the reality is women do make the world go round because men will do things for women in a way that they won't do things for themselves. And it's not to say like, oh yeah, we're above men. It's like, no, we're equal too. And we need both. And the Catholic church has completely pushed out the feminine, the feminine reality, the feminine essence. So thank you for bringing this up. It is a very touchy topic. And I really appreciate that you're also passionate about this. I'm so passionate about it. And like final piece on that. It's like, if you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. Ooh, so wait, say that again yeah. for the people in the back, please. <laughs> if you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. Oh, I love it. Jesus is my homie. He comes up a lot in my, in my shamanic journey. So <laughs> I'm glad he's a cool guy. You know, he was into Tantra. He was all about worshiping the feminine. He was kind of a freak. He was kind of a freak. I, Jesus was a freak. Potential, potential yeah, podcast Jesus, name. Jesus loves women kissing women. I don't know if anyone has heard that. Like Jesus, Jesus is all about the feminine doing whatever the fuck she wants. Can you, can you just really quick spiral on that real quick? Tell us why Jesus loves women kissing women. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, the Bible was would say that, you know, sex was made for one reason, and that's to procreate. And so potentially it's sinful for people of the same sex to be together. But my understanding of Jesus and Mary Magdalene's relationship, which is so secret, actually, to many, even though there's books about it, it's like people don't really know what was going on between these two. They had such a deep tantric relationship and Mary and Mary when she met Jesus had been like the top student going through the Isis initiations of being a sex priestess Mm -hmm. and so when she met Jesus she was like she had been prepared to meet this man and she was so Mary Magdalene was also like the the teacher of her apostle she was the one that was teaching other sex priestesses like the the juice Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have specific, I was kind of, I was kind of joking. I don't have stories that I know that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were having threesomes or that Jesus was like, yo, Mary, like go, you know, go do your thing girl with, with your girlfriends and like, come back to me later. But from what I do know, I feel confident in claiming that 
Jesus would have been so supportive if Mary Magdalene was like, hey, I have a crush on one of my (laughs) apostle sisters and we want to experiment. He would have been like, that's amazing. Go play with that erotic energy. Go do your thing. Come back and let's like, let me amplify it more. Like, let's use all of that. Like, there was no fear about the sexual energy. It was like people, we, they knew that it was like our, our God, our path to God. And so there was no like, this part's okay, but that part's not like, we can practice sex, but you can't with her. It's like the the sexual energy in itself is the gift, is the birthright, is yeah, is God. Yeah. No, so whether it be it. two two chicks or two dicks, like whatever. <laughs> no, I love it. The reason I pulled it is because I study Essene shamanism, and Essene shamanism is one of the oldest the oldest paths, and it talks about it. It was all about sexual pleasure and also creating through this this energy and it just was really funny because it said that Jesus went to the Essenes between the time that he was gone so from the age of 12 to like 33 he was studying with the Essenes who are an old ancient community all about like grounding being with mother nature worshiping the feminine Uh, it was a matriarch community so just you saying it I was like oh she knows she knows she knows Uh, Just to go back, some of the steps that you mentioned to start initiating your path to the holy whore and the sensual maiden and the wild woman and just full expression and liberation was goddess yoga, aka movement slash community, hip circles, uh, heart circles. And I just had a small side download that sometimes it is hard to show up even with other women, even even though it's on Zoom and it's super accessible, sometimes it is very vulnerable because we were taught that that's unsafe. And so if you're listening and you're like, I'm just not ready for a goddess yoga class, start in the bathroom mirror, start with yourself when no one's around, put on a song that makes you feel super sexy and just start doing the hip circles, just start doing the, the you know, the heart circles and moving your body in a sensual way with yourself and see yourself look at yourself that's how i had to start my first goddess yoga class i my heart was blasted open and i could not come back right away that's okay you have to start somewhere that's a good place to start uh you also said you didn't say this but community you mentioned um that shame only survives in the closet so finding other women who are open to talking about these experiences and open to having these experiences together. I want to shout out the Bad Girls Club because you are reclaiming what it is to be a bad girl. Uh, Sam has this incredible community, this revolution that she is spearheading. Do you want to talk just a few minutes about the Bad Girls Club and how they can find you, if it's going to be open, if it's like an evergreen Mm. process, because this this is the place, like you're doing the work. This is where they can come to to find this. This is the place. If this, if what I've been speaking about resonates, if it's been tugging at your heartstrings, if things that I have been saying light up your soul and you want more of this work, this is absolutely the path that I am walking and I want to walk it with you. So Bad Girls Club is in week two of six right now. We are actually moving from, we're, we're writing about the wild woman and how she has or hasn't showed up in our lives. And um, it's a six week program. I will relaunch it in the fall. So that's going to be really exciting. The second round of Bad Girls Club will likely be, I want to say like September and October, a six week journey, but uh, details to come, but it will, it will relaunch in the fall. This is, it is unbelievable. I am just like in awe. We had a meeting last night and to witness women telling their stories and to see other women in the Zoom call nodding their head, like snapping their fingers. It's just like, 
we learn how to be a woman through each other. Like whether or not I've experienced something or you have, or it's the exact same, like the way that we tell our stories gives each other so much permission of like, whether or not I've done that same thing, I've wanted to, like you just put words to something my soul has been craving forever. And so we learn how to be human together. It's not a lone wolf type of thing. It's like, we learn from our sisters and sometimes we just need to hear it to experience it. We don't actually need to go do these wild things per, per se, but we need to like hear them and just be able to say, I yearn for that too. And sometimes just saying it can be enough that the soul's like, I feel satiated. So yes, Bad Girls Club is a six week virtual embodied experience into storytelling, sexuality, and sisterhood. And there will be another one. So stay tuned about that. I also, ooh, I'm going to just say this. I haven't told, I haven't actually launched this yet. And I, um, I haven't shared it yet, but this feels like a fun place to say it. Um, I will be hosting a week long retreat in Maui in December called erotic nature (gasps) to literally give the juiciest. I have chills. It's like, I could cry. This feels like my whole life has led up to this experience where it's like, boudoir photo shoots in the jungle, like creative alchemy workshops, like sensual somatics on the beach in the sand. It's like, we are going to let it all go so that all of these archetypes can be explored in a safe place that women can see each other and be held and tell their stories and make art and have farm to food table. It's like, oh man, I haven't launched it yet. And yeah, so this is the first you're hearing about it. Um, But it's like, it's a dream. It's a dream. It's going to be a dream. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. I also, this might just be my own projection, but I see you hosting an evergreen bad girls club, like hundreds of thousands of women in this container coming together, having each other to support and you leading the way for this erotic, sensual, sacred awakening. Um, So maybe it's in the future, but I'm just throwing it out there. I see you guiding hundreds of thousands of souls and it's so needed and it's so palpable that that this is your mission. Um, I missed the Bad Girls Club this time around, but you better be there or be square with me in the fall. You guys, it's time to liberate ourselves. Like we need this so bad. And then the final thing that you said was a pleasure log. So just as a reminder, what simple things bring me pleasure, brought me pleasure throughout the day. I'm going to be honest. I am a coffee whore. Come as you are. I still love coffee. That's like my pleasure practice in the morning. I'm like, dude, this is, this is it. This is like amazing. So what brings you pleasure? Maybe it's this podcast. Just kidding. Just kidding. But also maybe, um, maybe it's talking to a friend. Yeah. Maybe it's being out in nature, water. So you name it, um, log it, keep track. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this list? So movement community and a pleasure log is what you have. Yeah. The dance piece is so important. Mirror work, mirror work, whether it's dancing or self oiling or self-pleasure, or just affirmations. I think a big part of stepping into who we really are, authenticity is an inside job. I could give people permission all day that you're worthy of claiming your desires. You're worthy of showing up and taking up space. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you are the only one who's going to liberate yourself and give you the life of your dreams. And so look yourself in the eye. Like see you beyond the you, the you that's beneath the skin, the soul, 
and start getting comfortable with her. Cause you, it's, we're a team, the soul and the ego, like the one that expresses and the one that's always in here observing the one who expresses. And I, yeah, the mirror, like looking at yourself, whether it's dance or self-touch, even eating in the mirror, but just getting familiar with watching yourself because watching yourself can be erotic too. We don't need the male gaze to be sexualized. If you, we can sexualize ourselves or not, but if that's something you want to play with, it's like, just get familiar looking at yourself. You're a treasure. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That was, that was perfect. I am so honored that you were on this podcast today. I'm so honored for everyone listening. I feel all of y'all's energy and I feel this like the deep desire to want to know more and to want to dive deep. So if you want to dive deep with Sam, if you want to know more, you can find her at the Profane Priestess on Instagram. I will definitely link it in the show notes. Sam, do you have any other offerings, anything you want to share, anything you want to give a shout out to your own horn? Oh, let's see. You know what? I am pretty spacious right now. Um, I'm leaving room for what's to come. But please do follow me on Instagram because things are always being birthed in their perfect moment. And I do foresee membership experiences like you're talking about of, yeah, of women, like dozens, dozens, hundreds, hundreds of people being able to be in a space together weekly. And yeah, everybody tell your stories. Well, actually one offer, I'll just like, I'll end with this. Uh, my friend and I will be co-authoring a book of women's short stories in the coming months. And we are open to people submitting their stories based on um, stories of womanhood, self-pleasure, self-love, exploring kinks, exploring coming home to yourself. And so if you're a writer, you've been wanting to write, um, get in touch with me. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful invitation. Thank you. Thank you for laying that out. I'm actually excited about that. So um, they, just, they can reach out to you on Instagram for that as well. Absolutely. All right. You guys heard it here first. There is going to be a retreat and you guys can find Sam on Instagram. Sam, thank you so much. I love you. You're such a dear soul sister to me, even though we haven't had time to connect in person. I feel it coming and I'm so, so honored to have you in this space, to have you as a resource and now for all the listeners to also have you as a resource. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you for showing up today. Oh, thank you so much. The feeling is so mutual. I totally adore you. Oh, thank you, mamas. Thank you so much to everyone listening and I will catch you on the next episode.